with the top 10 showdown between the Ohio State Buckeyes and Indiana Hoosiers looming this Saturday afternoon. I am here today with 11 Warriors' Callan Hassel to uh, talk a little Buckeyes, get caught up in the last few weeks of Ohio State football, and to preview the Ohio State-IU matchup that is surprisingly could very well be the game of the season in the Big Ten. I don't know if that is good for IU because they're doing so well or if that's like shows you how bad the Big Ten is so far this year or what. But, uh, yeah, top ten. Basically, whoever wins this game has a very good shot to win the Big Ten East. What do you have to say about it, Colin? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, you know, it's an interesting one where you know I, I was someone who during the summer I was an Indiana optimist. I you know I think when you looked at their original schedule, which again is like two schedules ago, you looked at it and you thought you know maybe Indiana could you know start out the gate six and one something like that, and you know maybe enter the Ohio State game and and make that some sort of a top 15 top 20 matchup but you know it's been it's been fascinating to see them because you know from the outside it's like you know you watch Tom Allen and like I've I've told some other people this like he's just like the guy who like I would like to play for <laughs> like like he just gives off great vibes he's someone who he's someone who it just it's so obvious that everybody believes in him and everybody thinks that you know he's the kind of he's the right kind of guy you know but the other side of that is you know if you look at how talented Indiana is, like 247 does this sort of composite tracker where they look at the entirety of the roster and, and they look at all of the talent based on recruiting rankings. Indiana's 13th out of 14 schools in the Big Ten. So I think what they've done to, to get to this point where this is a top 10 matchup, I think that's a lot credit to, to what Tom Allen has done and, and, and also to the fact that there are a lot of veterans on this roster on both sides of the ball and Michael Penix is a good quarterback. At the end of the day, though, you know, what Ohio State has on offense and Justin Fields, Chris Olive, and Garrett Wilson until they get stopped, until some team figures out a way to slow them down, like there's a reason why Ohio State's a, a three touchdown favorite, and it's largely because of that. Even though the Hoosiers are deservedly a, a really good story thus far. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to jinx anything. I'll knock on wood, but it's almost like Ohio State is the varsity team in the Big Ten, and IU is the best J- junior varsity team in the Big Ten. So far, I mean, Saturday, it could change, but it's even like Vegas, like you said, Ohio State is three touchdown favorites against the top 10 team and the second best team in the conference. That basically tells you how dominant the Buckeyes have been or how dominant they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting spot to me for the Big Ten because, I mean, if you just look around, you know, for the last few years, I mean, dating back to the Urban Meyer era, you've always had Penn State and Michigan lingering in the second tier of the Big Ten East. And it just feels like as the years progressed, you know, clearly they're not in the second tier right now. But even going forward, you wonder, you know, are those are those two teams going to be the ones that are challenging Ohio State every year, making close games? Or is there a spot for an Indiana to get through there and build some momentum as a program? Tom Allen stays maybe a little longer than some people think. If he has an opportunity to go to a bigger job, he turns it down. And, and is that something that he can do? I think I think this weekend is the first time that we really see, you know, how competitive that they can how competitive they can make it with a roster that's really not even close to as talented as Ohio State and, and what a, what a good how good of a job Tom Allen can do coaching at, a, at such a talent deficit I mean I look at you know Michigan State back in the day when Mark D'Antonio had it rolling you know even those teams were more talented significantly so than, than this Indiana team but I think you can at least see signs on Saturday if you know Indiana has potential to get to that point um 
I think that that's an interesting part of it too. But yeah, like I, I talked about the talent deficiency that Indiana has compared to Ohio State. It still still has a chance to be a really good game. Like the like like Indiana is a legitimately good team this year, and, and I don't think that that should be overlooked, even if the Buckeyes are a three touchdown favorite. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the talent it's not even close. But if a team believes, if a team believes in its head coach, and I don't know if you've or to anyone listening, go watch some of IU's post game celebrations. It's like all about timeout. They believe in their coach. They'll do anything for their coach. And when you have guys that are bought in, plus a really good quarterback like Michael Penix, I mean, you can be as good as IU is. You can surprise people just like IU has been so far. I mean, they're 4-0. No one expected them to be 4-0. Um, I mean, this we even talk about is IU becoming a football school. I'm sure that's a little bit of a joke, but it shows you how good the Hoosiers have been on the football field too. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Indiana can be as good as Indiana is. It's still probably not going to be a football school, but like Indiana's not supposed to be this good. Like this this roster when as it's constructed, if you look at how talented these guys are were coming out of high school, like it's not supposed to be this good. You know, Tom Allen's a legitimately really good coach. Um and and I'm you know, I'm fascinated to just see how much of a fight they can put up knowing the kind of talent disadvantage that, that they're gonna go against. For sure. I mean, yeah, you'll for them to win or for it to even be close, I think they literally have to play perfect while Ohio State has a few mistakes. But if they've shown anything through the first four games of the season, it's that they can do that. And I know the game's in Columbus, but there's literally no fans in the stands. So it's not like there's going to be a home field advantage much for the Buckeyes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't really talk down about what Tom Allen has done at IU so far. And it's the reason why they're a top 10 team in the country right now, even if they're like a huge step down from Ohio State, who is obviously one of the best teams in the country and the top team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think if you were to look at, you know, what are some areas that are going to be important for Ohio State this weekend, I think that, you know, it's just like, uh, to me, it's just a certainty about what this offense does and what this offense can be, especially through the air and, and what Justin Fields does. And until someone slows it down in some way, I'm just going to assume that they're going to be awesome. I'm going to assume that they're going to do great things because I have no reason to to not believe that to be the case. So I think if you look at the other side of the ball, I think that that's, that's one of the areas that's going to be fascinating because Indiana is not a team that has really run the ball well at all. And I think that Ohio State, for all the people who, you know, were sort of you know, not so happy with the the Rutgers performance. I think that I think a lot of that was fairly overblown. I, and 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 to you know, I think that Ohio State's front seven against the run has been really really good. And I and you know, Stevie Scott is someone who you know he came into the year he was a thousand yard rusher the year before. I was expecting a little bit more out of him early on, but I think that Indiana's offensive line is not. You know, it's certainly not going to be the best offensive line that Ohio State faces this year. I think that that's an area that you expect the Buckeyes to win. And then it's Michael Penix versus, you know, Ohio State's defensive backfield. And, and you know, that's going to be the interesting part because we've seen a lot of teams try and run the ball in Ohio State thus far, but they really haven't faced a competent passing game at all. I mean, Rutgers quarterback so far this year is more interceptions and touchdowns. Nebraska is floating back and forth between – you know, two quarterbacks. It's they, 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 Ohio State hasn't faced the the kind of passing attack that it will on Saturday. And not to say that Michael Pence is Trevor Lawrence because that would be overboard. Like they will face a better passing game down the line at some point. But this is really the first true test. And I think that 
You look at what these defensive ends can be, and I think they've been solid so far, but they haven't needed to be more than solid. I think they need to be more than solid because they need to get some sort of pass rush on Penix. And then these defensive backs, I think Seven Banks has been pretty good under the radar. I think Josh Proctor has been pretty good under the radar. Marcus Hooker has been solid in coverage. And I'm interested to see, you know, when they're going to face better wide receivers, Peyton Hendershot, tight ends, an, an interesting guy too. You know, and, and, and Michael Penix is the best quarterback they've faced, how, how, they, how they perform. Absolutely. I mean, there's been so many question marks about the defense. I mean, it's kind of been up and down. The defensive line has been pretty good. Defensive backfield has been iffy at times. Linebackers have been pretty solid. But the number one thing is Ohio State's offense is so good that it doesn't really matter how bad the defense is, at least through the first three – well, three games of the season. I was to say four, but their game last week got canceled. Um, I don't even – well, just to, to, to... – just jump in real quick. I don't think the defense has been bad at all. I think that I think a lot of that's been totally overblown. And and you know, I, I understand why because if you look at the scores of the games, they're not sixty-two to nothing. Like they're yeah. like the other teams are technically scoring points. But you know, even that Rutgers game, when Rutgers scores twenty-four points in the second half, like a lot of that is due to a couple of things. One, like just poorly timed penalties, and two, like you have to be specific when you I, I think when you talk about this defense because you know, Marcus Hooker missed about four or five tackles in that game. And if he doesn't miss those tackles, it's a completely different game. So it's True. not like a, to me, it's not a defensive backfield issue. I, it's, it's Marcus Hooker's tackling issues where we're, we're concerned. And it's, you know, it's not any coverage issues. It's Sean Wade going for interceptions instead of, you know, trying to bat down passes. I think the defensive line has been really good thus far, especially against the run. I think the linebackers have been really good. So I mm-hmm. actually think this defense has been pretty, pretty good. Um, now it's not going to, you don't have a star laden defense like last year with Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and Damon Arnett, but I think it, you, I think you can pinpoint the areas of concern maybe more so than, than people have thus far. And, and they're to me, uh, to be honest, I don't really think there are as many as, as people think there are. Absolutely. I guess I get, I do kind of agree with that. It's just that I feel like Ohio state wants perfection at every single part of the game, whether it's so offense, the defense. fan base. Yeah. Yeah, and so does the fan base. So when there's not perfection, there's worries. And I know Sean Wade, I know you brought up Sean Wade. He struggled a little bit, but I know he also said recently, I think it was either this week or late last week, that he has been joined for interceptions rather than just trying to bat the ball down, which is huge. I mean, because if you don't catch the ball on an interception, you're leaving the guy wide open, just like he has been a few times. So if he can change that, if he changes the mindset, maybe he'll show – once again, that he's a first-round draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft, much like many projected him to be prior to the season. But who knows? But like I said, when a fan base and a team wants perfection at every area of the field, even 90% isn't good enough. And I feel like that, like giving up 27 points to Rutgers, it's Rutgers. Why are you giving up 27 points? But then again, they still dominated. They still, it was, the game wasn't close in the start. So what else could you want? Yeah, and and I understand it. Like you know, I think that the one thing this team needs to do is just play better for four quarters. And and also like like I mentioned that there are specific things, but if those specific things happen at the wrong time, it can sink you. So like I don't want to completely gloss over it. I just like to. I think it's I think it's beneficial to be more specific because I think the defense as a whole is actually you know generally been good. I think there are just some areas. They need improvement, and and you know they, there is enough time, and the schedule is not a murderer's row. So they'll they they will have enough time as long as the coaching is good. That I think that this defense will be 
solid going into the postseason. For sure. And it'll be interesting this weekend to see how much the defensive line dominates because I know Michael Penix and that passing attack are really good. Well, really solid. I would want to say really good, but they're good. Um, it's the best one Ohio State's seen so far this season. But if the defensive line can always be in IU's backfield, that's going to change so much, especially when I know Stevie Scott is also good, but he's he only has 319 yards in four games. So I wouldn't – if they had to lean more on Stevie Scott rather than the passing attack, that changes so much defensively for Ohio State. And it also forces IU to go do something that they're not – trying to do they're trying to beat Ohio State in the passing game so if they have to run the ball because the defensive line is dominating dominating so much that's to change the whole mindset of uh the Hoosiers as well yeah I think they're going to try to you know they they want to take a multi-faceted approach the the issue is going to be if as I sort of projecting is they're not going to be able to run the ball and then I just don't know that you're going to be able to get that kind of passing success where you're essentially just trying to go blow for blow with Justin Fields which uh isn't a particularly fun thing to do. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, I don't think anyone can really go blow for blow with Justin Fields besides the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world. And when we're talking about Indiana football, all I'll say is good luck. But who knows? I mean, the Hoosiers have shown a little bit of magic already in four games this season. They beat Penn State in overtime. It was an iffy call, but they beat Penn State in overtime. And then they beat Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State. So I guess they haven't beaten anyone too good because Penn State's proven to be not that great of a win, and Michigan only has one win on the season. But 4-0 is 4-0, right? Well, you also have to say, like, who's a good team in the Big Ten other than Ohio State? Like, Wisconsin probably? You know, people think Indiana is, but, you know, it, like you've said, it's not like Indiana has, you know, really proven it against a, a legitimately good team. And, and that's the problem with the Big Ten is I just – it just feels like to me there's a tier one that's Ohio State and there's a tier two that I think Wisconsin or Indiana can play themselves into. Um, but I think that it could just be empty. And there's a lot of teams in tier three. Like I think that that could legitimately be what this league feels like at the end of the year. So that's one of the reasons why I think Saturday's an interesting game because I want to see if Indiana can prove that it, that it deserves that, that higher spot that I think a lot of people, especially in Ohio, probably don't believe it does. Yeah. I mean, I it's tough. I know Vegas has them as three touchdown favorites, but I think if IU even keeps it to like 10 or 14, that's still like a huge – it's a huge confidence boost for IU. If it's within single digits, that is like an even bigger confidence boost. Because, yeah, like me and you both have stated, Ohio State is by far and away the best team in the Big Ten. And like you said, it's Tier 1 Ohio State, Tier 3 or 4 the rest of the Big Ten. For And as I stated, it's – the varsity teams, Ohio State, the JV, and maybe even the freshman team is the rest of the Big Ten. It's just such a huge difference. It's a drastic difference between the Buckeyes and anyone else, including IU. Yeah, I mean, one thing Indiana has done, too, is you know they force a lot of turnovers. And that's not something that I think is typically viewed as something that's sustainable. Um, and they're going to have to do that to beat Ohio State. Um, the thing that Justin Fields does at an elite, elite, elite level is not turn the ball over and, and honestly just not throwing completion. So what, I mean, if their goal, their, their goal on defense essentially has to be figure out a way to do the impossible, which is to turn Justin Fields over because that's going to be what's, what's super, super important for them on that side of the ball. I just, it's just one of those things where it's like, how would you predict that to happen? Like Justin Fields has thrown three interceptions 
in a year and a half as Ohio State starter. I'm not really sure that I'm going to predict that this is the game. I think that you know Indiana's defensive backfield is is pretty solid. I think they returned nine starters this year. Like this is a this is a veteran defense. Um, I think the number one thing for them is they're going to have to figure out a way to just completely shut down this running attack and and force force Justin Fields to to you know put on a show. And listen, like Justin Fields can and will put on a show. But you can't have the yep. running bats beat you. You just gotta, you just gotta make it. You, you gotta try and put the ball in Justin Fields' hands and and try and make him make mistakes in a way that he's never done before. The problem with defending this offense is like there's no good answers, and that's what I think a lot of teams have sort of learned thus far. And Indiana might learn on Saturday. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it sounds weird, but IU does have to make Justin Fields beat them. Let the running backs do whatever they want but make Justin Fields be you. But as we've both seen, if Justin Fields has proven anything this year, it's that he will, and he will do it by a wide margin as well. I mean, he has 11 incompletions this year, 11 passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. So he has as many incompletions as passing touchdowns, and it has accounted for more touchdowns total than incompletions. And I know you actually uh, did a film room or something on it that – like half of his incompletions have actually been very catchable passes. Yeah, he has 11 incompletions. I think you can make an argument that seven of them were catchable. I mean, a couple were just straight-up drops. A couple were put in a place where only the receiver could get them. And, you know, a couple were just like he threw to the to the only place that, that he could and let the receiver make the play, and, and they just couldn't. But, he's, he's I mean, he's playing at an absolutely incredible level. And, you know, we only get four, what, four more regular season games to see him at at best. So it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see how he finishes the year because he's. I mean, I think I think he's he's making the case to everybody that he's the best to ever ever do it at, at Ohio State. Yeah, and I was just while you were talking last, I was looking up the weather: low fifties and no rain. So I can't even count it as like a bad weather game in order to get a little good luck in there too. It's just to be forties and fifties and no rain. So that. I don't know. IU has a tough task. They have to hope Justin Fields isn't perfect, much like he has been through the first three games of the year. I mean, he has 11 incompletions, but we just distrust how more than half of those have been touchable. Um, but yeah, they just IU has to play perfectly, and they have to hope that Ohio State makes more mistakes than they usually do. Yeah, and good luck. I mean, it's it is the you're you're asking for the perfect recipe, and you know, I I, I just. There's a, there, there's a reason why the line – I just keep going back to it. Like, there's a reason why the line is three touchdowns, and it's not because Indiana is a bad team. It's just you just look across, you know, how these matchups play out, and you're like, how does Indiana win? And it's like you shut down Ohio State's run, try and get Justin Fields to make a play or two too many and turn the ball over. The other side of the ball, you just need Michael Pennis to just go off. You need, you need this passing game to, to really click, and you also need to break at least a few runs so Ohio State, you know, respects the running game a little bit more. And – like you're asking for a lot to me. I feel like even if IU does break a few runs, if Steve Scott does break a few runs, that Ohio State's still going to make Michael Penix dominate. I mean, let's be honest; he's going to have to dominate on Saturday if IU has a chance, not even to keep it close, but to win. Um, he's going to have to play probably better than Justin Fields, to be honest. Which, I mean, if the first year and a half of Justin Fields and Columbus has proven anything. It's going to be a very tough task, but on with um, Ohio State's running game. I know you said that IU will most likely 
have it be where Justin Fields has to beat them, not the rushing attack. But how do you feel about Trey Sermon and Master Teague so far this season? Um, I think at this point, I think at this point, if, if you're hoping for Trey Sermon to turn it on, I think that's the wrong thing. I just feel like we sort of know what Trey Sermon is, and unless there's unless he just pulls something out of nowhere, and and what he is is I don't think he's really up to the task. I mean, I, you know, I I respect him for for giving it a shot and, and coming to Ohio State and trying to, you know, be the savior Ohio State needed at running back, but but you know he he feels a little bit indecisive when he gets the ball. He just doesn't run super hard. He's made very few people miss. So. You know, I, I I do wonder if they're going to go away from a little bit, and I think that Master Teague has been solid. Like, he's nothing. He, he's not special. It's not like he's going to win the Heisman Trophy or the Doak Walker Award or anything like that. But he's someone who's not going to set them back. He's not going to be someone who's dancing back there, and all of a sudden you're in a second and twelve, you're in a third and eleven, something like that. You know, he's going to get you a few yards, and then he's going to get you seven or eight sometimes. And you know, I think that that's okay this year because you have Justin Fields and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jeremy Ruckert and all those other guys. Yeah, as you said, Master Teague and Trey Sermon, I mean, they've been average, maybe a little bit above average as a pair so far this year, but against the Big Ten especially, all they have to be is average because you have that passing attack that is seemingly unstoppable. Um, speaking of the passing attack, with only se- so Ohio State was already behind having played or with only eight games on the regular season schedule. Now they have seven due to last week's Maryland game getting canceled due to COVID-19. Does Ohio state have more to prove now since they only have seven games? Like they can't just win football games. They have to dominate football games, right? I don't know. I mean, if they go undefeated, they're in. I I don't really think there's any debate about that. I think if you want to have the debate, it's, you know, if they lose, do they get in? And I think that's just really hard to know. I mean, Things have just happened this year. Uh, Upsets have happened. That you know, who knows? Like Trevor Lawrence just goes out for a couple of weeks. He's just COVID nineteen. Like, who could have possibly predicted that? So I think it's hard to, you know, paint yourself in a box and say if they lose, there's no chance they get it. But like, look who they play the rest of the year. Like it's Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State, Michigan in the Big Ten championship. Like, who do you lose to and then still get in? Like you, like Indiana might be a good team, and if you lose to Indiana, then you're probably not going to the Big Ten championship, and then you're probably not getting in because your best win is against like Michigan and Penn State. Um, so I think that you know if they win, they're in, and I don't really think that they're. I don't really think that you need style points this year for Ohio State unless you're trying to look for the one loss bid, and I think that that's going to be hard. Yeah, I think if they lose, they're out. I mean, I think it's as simple as that. Unless like for some reason. Something happens where someone gets hurt. I mean, I'm not, I'll never wish an injury on someone. If someone gets hurt or something, like how people said Clemson was still going to be in the playoff because they played without Trevor Lawrence against Notre Dame. Maybe that could be sort of an asterisk, but I think for Ohio State, especially with such a small margin of error, given the seven games plus a Big Ten championship, they have to win out. And speaking of that, um, about impressing the voters and stuff, Justin Fields, seven regular season games, what does he have to do to win the Heisman since he's going to play less games than everyone else that's going to compete for the Heisman Trophy? I think it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's hard to know. I mean, he's got to not miss games because he gets COVID. Like, you can't have Ohio State miss games because the team has too many positives. Like, that's the obvious stuff. And then you just – it's like, how, how do you know how the season's going to play out? I think it's just – I think it's just super, super, super hard to really project – anything beyond what's happening this weekend and like shoot 
you know, eight days ago, I thought Ohio State was going to play against Maryland uh, at this time. So, like, things can change really quickly. I, I don't think I don't think you know what he has to do. I think that he has to just hope that he can play as many games as possible and continue to dominate games and throw, like, zero interceptions. I mean, it, it's hard to know exactly what he has to do. I think that he has to go undefeated. And he has to look amazing. And thus far, he's looked amazing, and they've been undefeated, so he's still in the running. I don't think it's Justin Fields to lose because I, you know, I don't think I don't think it's anybody's to lose this year. I think it's everybody trying to win it because you just don't know how this thing's going to go for anybody going going down the stretch. I actually love that saying. It's no one's to lose, but everyone not everyone just playing to win. I mean, like you said too, if one of the quarterbacks takes COVID, boom. They're out for one or two games, maybe three games. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, if Justin Fields keeps playing the way he has been and is right now with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson dominating the passing attack, no matter how many games he plays, he has to be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And he will be. He will be. I mean, it's just a matter of how this thing plays out. I mean, it's just hard to project. It's hard to project. As long as he stays healthy, he'll be right in there till the end. And if he plays every game the rest of the way, they are undefeated. I, I think it's fair to assume with almost 100% certainty he'll at least be a finalist. For sure. All right. So predictions for this weekend besides – I feel like you're going to say Ohio State wins, but um, score prediction and who do you think would be like the MVP offensively not named Justin Fields? You know, I actually haven't – done a score prediction yet so I'm just sort of calculating in my head like you know I think Ohio State's gonna I think Ohio State's offense until I until I see it get stopped I think it's gonna be essentially unstoppable like that's just sort of my my point of view of what Justin Fields is so I'll I'll say they score 42 points even though I think Indiana is a good team with a veteran defense that turns people over I don't I don't think Ohio State's gonna turn the ball over as much as other teams Indiana's face so I'll say Ohio State scores 42 and I, res- I respect I respect Indiana's offense um I'll say 42-21, which is a push. So I guess I'm right there Absolutely. with Vegas. And it's crazy how you like were trying your best to speak highly of IU and you still have them losing by 21. That is That just shows the difference between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten, as we've been yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, if – you know if I, I don't even think it's the difference between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten. I think it's the difference between having Justin Fields on your team. Like if this team had – you know, if this team had CJ Stroud right now, I think it'd be a much more competitive game. But I don't I, until I see it. I'm just gonna assume that you know only the the top two or three teams in the country can compete against this team because it has enough talent around Justin Fields and it has Justin Fields. For sure, yeah. I I don't know what to expect. I think Ohio State is gonna dominate, but I think IU has a lot to play for as well. They want to prove mm-hmm. that they are not only one of the best teams in the Big Ten, but one of the best teams in the country. So, yeah, this weekend will certainly be interesting. Hopefully there's no positive COVID tests, so it's good to go. I know I, right before jumping on this podcast, I saw that the uh, Maryland-Michigan State game is canceled this weekend due to, I think it was Maryland's head coach, or one of the head coaches got, got a positive test. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully Ohio State does play. So at least we get to see the Buckeyes on like last weekend. But, yeah, I think – it could be a really good game. At least, at the very least, I think it could be a very fun game in Columbus on Saturday. Yeah, I think that I think me personally, like I feel like feel pretty. I feel very confident in Ohio State. 
I'm willing to be proven wrong. Like I, I think I could just be getting this Indiana team wrong and, and basing a lot of it on the fact that you know I feel I feel more confident than most about this defense, and I think Justin Fields is awesome. And I also think that the talent gap between the two teams is just so big. And and that's that's just sort of the baseline of why I think that Ohio State's going to win fairly comfortably. For sure, yeah. I think it. I don't really have a score prediction, but I think I'm pretty close. To like that 21 Vegas number two, like you had. I just don't see how even if Ohio State gives up 21 to 28 points defensively, Ohio State's they're going to score 40 plus, and I don't think this defense will ever, at least against the Big Ten, I don't think they'll ever give up 40 plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very possible. I think that's very very possible. All right. Colin, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, maybe we'll have you on next week. Um, we'll see how the schedule works out. Hopefully, we'll be talking about another win. Yeah, and just thanks for coming on. Stay healthy and mm-hmm. go Bucks. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.